0: Self help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses and keeping it real. Small doses with me and Anna Seals. So funky. So funky. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. Uh, you know, Inschir has finished filming, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm not sure when the last season airs, but people have a very strong connection. To the show. And so I felt like it would be so fun to do an episode with the person whom I have the strongest connection with on the show. And thus, today's episode, titled Dubois Love, is all about Tiffany and Derek Dubois, AKA Amanda Seals and Wade Elaine Marcus, and our experience over these five seasons in forging a friendship off-screen and forging a, like, you know, I we could say we are a functional couple on screen. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just talk about, like, our journey as actors in that process and also, like, our journey with our characters. Because I think our characters over the course of the seasons, like, definitely grew in their effectiveness as friends. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, in the friend group. And so... I'm curious if you. I, you don't seem to agree. But I have a vision. I have a thought on that.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Our effectiveness.
0: Was in the front group. Right. Like, I feel like in the very. Be- so, so let's just start the episode. There. Here we are. <laughs> um, Wade, Elaine Marcus is joining us. I was in the middle of an intro, but now here we are. Just drop right
1: into it. There's no well, need for because, the whole...
0: because I feel like in the beginning, we were just very snarky. Right. Like, if you think of it, like, go back to episode three of season one, where we're at the party. Yeah,
1: we are definitely the uppity light skin, like we're gonna, every line is gonna drip with shade.
0: Yes. And it's like, it's yucky. (laughs) It's also nothing like either of us, which is why it's acting. Um, But it was very like.
1: You're definitely much different than your character. I feel like in some ways, myself and Derek, it's like Derek is a is a space for me to do the things and say the things that I would want to say that I may not necessarily do in real life. On the shady tip, just wanting to be super <laughs> asshole-ish. There's absolutely a, those bones in my body that I choose daily to not be. And that, you know, he gave me that space to do that.
0: Fair. I mean, I feel like there's, there was also, though, a development of Derek as a, as like a sounding board of common sense amongst the men.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The only dude on the show that has fucking <laughs> his head. You know what I mean? He's the only one that is committed, that is not wishy-washy. I mean, really, you know, he's the only one who's not insecure in a lot of ways. <laughs> I mean, like, I think that there are versions of it that you can sort of, you know, things to point to or whatever. But like, he's definitely, you know, he's always known who he is. And that was, that was what we did.
0: Aggressive self-acceptance. I mean, it was very much like, I'm Derek uh, and I know me and I know my, my wife and now my child. And so the rest of y'all, it's whatever. But I've appreciated though, seeing him, become more than just like the snarky like asshole for both of our characters. You know, I was glad to see the writers round us out to be more cause I feel, <laughs> to be more willing parties to this friend group, because I feel like in the beginning, it's just like, why are they even friends with them? Like, do they even like each other? <laughs> like, why are they even hanging out with this squad? Yeah, and I was like, mm.
1: they definitely leaned into our truth teller kind of niss selves I feel like that is us you know and so we ended up being those people for different characters on the show that was like this is the truth this is how it is and I'm gonna tell it how it is like we were always that person who didn't really dance around what it is like we're just gonna be like what are you talking about this is this is the thing and it just started being written in a way that was yeah like less kind of you know, mean about it and more just like Yeah,
0: that's what it is. You know,
1: I mean, I guess to to your point earlier, slightly more mature.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well yeah, I mean I remember, you know, in season one, like all the girls were like on that trip in Malibu and we're like in the hot tub. And Issa's character, you know, she's like picking on me and Kelly to try to like tighten her friendship with Molly kind of thing. And And then Tiffany's like, I mean, I don't know why you talking shit. Like, you ain't even with your (laughs) man. And they're all like, what? And she feels so betrayed. And Kelly's like, I mean, Tiffany's like, it's the facts. But I mean, I still, to this day, people still, like, come to me like, that was shady. Right. People still come to me like, Tiffany, that was shady. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not Tiffany. I play a character on TV. Uh, That was written. But also, I feel like, no. It wasn't shady. She was pushed. Like, so she's supposed to let Shorty just clown her? Like, and not when she had a a A bullet in the the chamber chamber? and not fire off? Come on. Even later, even later, like people, someone said to me the other day, like, I still blame you for Condola and uh, Lawrence having a baby. I'm like, okay, let's just in real life, why would Tiffany insert herself into that situation? (laughs) Like... Well, I mean, because they,
1: she met at, The baby shower, right? They met at the baby shower. Right. That's pretty much the extent of it.
0: So like, damn, if I had just not had a baby, they would never have met. There you go. Uh, Wade and I dealing with the baby is an interesting journey because having a baby on set is not an easy...
1: (laughs) No. And also when you, you know, for me, like having a one-year-old now and then holding someone else's baby, it's just is just not the same, you know? I mean, it's very much like I was used to my daughter, and then when you take another baby, that baby just feels different. And, and by the way, the baby is feels that also. The baby doesn't want to be in my arms <laughs> Like, there's a mutual sort of, we have to pretend like we're a family, but actually me and this baby hate each other.
0: Ah! <laughs> to that point, though, I think what happened with us from day 1 was that we never felt like we were pretending. Right. Like even though like we're not like we're not romantic like in our friendship at all, but I just feel like there's in like real partnerships there's like a grounding a foundation of friendship that like shines through, you know, outside the romance stuff. And you know, Wade and I from day I can tell you well there was a moment so we'll get to the moment when Wade and I were like, oh, like, we are, we're squad. But can you please talk about your journey to Derek, like, in the audition process? Yeah. Did you feel like you got it from Jump Street? Like, the not the role, but did you feel like you understood Derek from day one?
1: Um, yeah. Well, I mean, my journey just with Derek in general was like, because I I had, Definitely first audition for Lawrence, like when they were doing the pilot. And that was like, that didn't go anywhere. That didn't make any sense. Then when the show got picked up, I first went in for Chad. Hilarious. And Chad, you know, I, that was very fun for me just because that's a fun character. You know, yes, just it to is. like, to shout speak to Neil. my class, shout out to Neil who, you know, who murdered Body, Chad. No, no one, no one else could have, could have been that role. Um, so, yeah, I like went in, was doing was doing Chad. And then I remember the funny thing is, is like through my reps, they basically were like they want to bring you back for this other character who's like more masculine than Chad is. That's sort of how they described it. And like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't I, I'm not. I'm not someone who's like, yeah, I'm like fucking super masculine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't take that away from myself, but I'm also just not, I was surprised that the read was basically like, he's just a little too masculine for Chad and we're going to need him to read for this other role, you know, that in their eyes, I guess, like he, he is the kind of man of the show in, in however you want to look at that, you know? Um, And yeah, pretty much from Jump Street, I mean, me and Derek just sort of got along because, you know, there was this one line that I improv in the audition because that audition scene was like like a game night that we were all at that never ended up being shot or made it into the show where you and I kind of have this blow up fight at a game night, you know, early on. And there was this moment where like you and I are fighting in the middle of the Friends and like someone is sort of like let Tiffany be or whatever. And I was like, I'll just I'll just I'll see you in the Tesla, you know, like I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just be in the Tesla or whatever, because I don't want to be dealing with this shit. And I didn't know like Derek didn't have a Tesla or anything. And also this was like early days of Teslas, by the way. This is not when Teslas were just fucking rampant on the street. Right.
0: They're not like civics in the Bronx.
1: But that definitely rolled off the tongue to just be like, "Just meet me in the Tesla." <laughs> <laughs> when you when you sort of get your gather yourself and and come back.
0: I feel like Tiffany was such a stretch for me in terms of uh, not a stretch for me to play as a character, but like just a stretch because I hadn't done, like, scripted, like, I hadn't been doing character acting, like, I've just been hosting for so long, and I mean, I come from theater and stuff, but I, and I, of course, did TV when I was younger, but, like, I hadn't, like, played a character in a while, and so it was, like, I had to really remember that uh, muscle, and I had been auditioning but it was very much like I'm doing roles and none of them felt like anything. And it was like one of the first roles that I auditioned for that I was like, oh, I could get this. Right. I could actually, I think I could get this. And I've told the story before that like I originally came in for Tasha. Right. And looked around the, the waiting room and was like, there's no way I'm going to get this. Like the the breakdown says hood hot. Right. And I just don't have those kinds of proportions. And... Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean... What?
0: what were you about to say?
1: <laughs> no, I was... I feel like
0: you are about to say, I mean, hood hot
1: comes in many flavors. <laughs> I, there, there's there's, that. There's definitely that. I'm sure in the hood, people will look at you and be like, I want this now. <laughs> but I also think, like, yeah, that that's... And, and, you know, that's a testament to, like, Issa and Prentice and Melina, who... Because also, by the way, I wasn't, like, a you know, super buttoned up, like almost like, you know, bow tie wearing type dude. Like that's, that's just not me inherently. And I had the same sort of feeling even with Derek of looking around the waiting room and being like, one of this doesn't feel like the rest of this. And I really, was you
0: felt like that in the waiting room for Derek.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was different kinds of directions for sure.
0: Interesting. See, I didn't, I, I wouldn't have thought that. I really thought it would have just been a bunch of light skins sitting around waiting for them. There audience. was
1: like no light skin. There was no, there were no real light skins anywhere, I don't think. I don't remember seeing any light skins.
0: Interesting. Because okay. remember,
1: there was the dude, there was dude who, you know, that actor, great actor who's there at the mix and match with us.
0: Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Alan Strange.
1: Alan Strange, exactly. You know, he's not. He and and his his That's his true. his vibe is, you know, like he was
0: more erudite, right? Like I felt like his vibe was more like,
1: like yeah, fastidious with it and like yeah.
0: professorial,
1: right? And I'm
0: you're more like finance guy, which is what you ended up being.
1: Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. And I was just in my mind, she was Whitley, and if you listen. Like you'll hear my you'll hear like a southern twang like show up ever so often with Tiffany because like she really is rooted in Whitley Gilbert, um, like from jump. I remember like at my audition, my first audition, I wore like an entire peach ensemble. like I just really I don't know why I thought that was the move. but then we we, we did this audition, and. I think, you know, for those of y'all who don't know, who aren't in the B- business, yeah. auditions are many things. None of them natural.
1: Right.
0: Like, I don't think I've ever been to an audition where I felt, I left and was like, well, yeah, I mean, we killed that. Because you, it, nothing about it feels like you would, like you're, you can't even have an assessment. You're just like, well, that was completed and done. Oh, I, d-
1: I definitely have auditions that I leave, and I'm like, no one's going to do it better than I just did. <laughs> By the way, there, I'll walk out of those rooms and never hear. I was going to say! <laughs> and there's other ones where you walk in and you're like, well, everybody else who comes in before and after me will be better than what I just did.
0: So the way they worked, guys, is they like set us up to have like chemistry tests. So it was like three Tiffany's and three Derek's but we all had to be in a waiting room, which, by the way, is a show in itself. The waiting room before an audition is a show in itself. And so we so, had already
1: done we had already done like three or four auditions on our own. And now it was like when they mix the men and the women, yeah, to sort of see who fits.
0: And I had done a test with Issa and Natasha and Yvonne.
1: Oh, you but know I don't I you really
0: remember I don't even really remember that test. I remember. I just remember going into the room, but I don't remember like actually doing the scene. I remember our scene because basically the reason why I remember our our scene is because when I went in to do this audition with Wade, I had in my mind expected that we were going to do this, like real blow up of the scene and that it was going to be this argument that was going to be loud and extra. And he just played it down here and he just played it like real. <laughs> and it forced me in the in the act like in the moment to have to like completely change how I was going to like do the scene and I appreciated it I appreciated it and that for me was like oh that was cool because I always appreciate a moment where I feel like I'm acting <laughs>
1: Of course, when you're when you're so dropped in, but also able to be self aware that you can see it happen, but you're also like it's just happening naturally.
0: Like yeah. we're doing this, we're acting. Look at us,
1: beautiful moment. You can't linger in that too long, but it is a beautiful moment when you're just like, oh, I'm 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 murking this right now, and I I just got to stay in the pocket, but like <laughs> they, they know what's happening. <laughs>
0: I mean, in hindsight, I feel like that was what they must have seen in the room too. Like they must have seen that connection happen because it doesn't always happen. It doesn't mean that the other people aren't good actors. It doesn't mean that you all aren't, you know, great performers. But when two characters are going to have to work together so like intimately, consistently on the screen, like you're, it's, I feel like it's dope to be able to like, establish that in an audition space because it's not an organic space, you know? Right. And even, even the script you're dealing with is one that's written for the sake of the audition. It isn't even really written within the context of like a full storyline.
1: Right, sometimes you might not actually be doing it. Yeah, it's really interesting too because I, I also think what happens before you get into that room together is so crucial because I have a visceral memory Of like you kind of ignoring me, you know, in the waiting room. Well, no, you weren't like ignore. I mean, look, to be fair, I'll do the thing where I just say crazy shit, like I'm just kind of running my mouth because I'm like, I don't know, I'm trying to work something out or just get out the jitters or whatever that is. And you were kind of in a conversation with someone else, but I was trying to be like. (laughs) <laughs> trying to do this my conversation. I could and I feel like you said, Oh, I'm from I'm from Grenada. And I was like, oh no, like I just got back from Cuba. Like, <laughs> like, like that, that would be a way in, you know? And I and I just have this memory of you sitting kind of like on a desk or something yes, like that. I yes. And I'm standing sort of awkwardly nearby. <laughs> and just threw that into the middle of this other conversation (laughs) that you were having. And you just turning like slowly kind of towards me, like, Oh, okay. You went to Cuba. That's cool. (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, it was, it was, it was really (laughs) great. Like I loved it. The, the Island, the weather, like it's probably like where you're from, you know, that kind of a thing. And I do think that type of shit will inform, you know, what, what can happen or what, you know, what won't happen in the room.
0: Well, let me tell you, I had to go get my hair dyed, like, right after that. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I was doing a pilot for, like, a unscripted show, and I had made it clear that, like, I have a hard out at this time because I have to go get my hair done. Okay. And I think that helped me in the nerves. Right, I you were really... like, I got, I,
1: I've only got this much time. Yeah,
0: yeah. because when I went in, because um, I had to... I, if I recall, we had to read individually again and then read together Yeah. in the chemistry part. And I remember when I went in to read individually, Robin Thede was in front of me. And when she went in, the whole room was like, ah, because they all knew each other. And I was like, well, I should just go home. Yeah. I mean, I should just go home because they already know each other. So that's what it's going to be. I mean, this town is built on relationships. So yeah. I oh, well, really...
1: Well, I was just going to say that first thing that you say is really interesting, because I do think like part of why, you know, I had just made French Dirty. I just made a movie basically for myself with all the people that I love. We had sold it to Netflix for 10 times what it was worth. It was like a real win for me and a real like, you know, it allowed me to walk into rooms differently.
0: Mm hmm.
1: It was definitely like, and whether that was an energetic thing with like, you know, because by the way, we're all people, all all of us on that show are creators. Yeah. And that's not true for all actors. Like it may be slightly more common now, but like all of us are are truly and genuinely creators in our own rights in different kinds of ways. But I do think that, you know, we all do produce our own work. We're sort of like going to somehow try to, well, forget the rest of the people. I mean, I do think that that's true, but I think for me, I'm just saying that like, and this was something that I remember hearing from like Ava DuVernay like like years back when she was like talking. And she basically talks about the coat of desperation Mm. that so many of us wear the coat of desperation when we're trying to get work in these different spaces that could just be going up to someone and saying like, Hey, can I pick your brain? Or like, do you have some advice for me? You know, or, or just when we're going into an audition and there's that sort of feeling like undercurrent of please, please, please (laughs) give me this role. And if you have a shred of that, you know, that, that is felt, you're not going to get that role. And so when you talk about having to be somewhere else That's something that kind of comes back into play for me where it's like that that can be felt when you're just like, look, look, I'm happy to be here and I love this and I feel really excited to be doing this. But also, like, you can't take up all my time because I got a whole life out here that I'm really trying to get back to. And I can't spend all of it with you, you know, and like and I know for me, having come off of just sold that film, like. It just feels like that ha- helped a lot. Knowing that I was like, you know what, if this doesn't work out, like I'm right. just going go make my little indie movies and sell them for ten times the you know that I make them for to Netflix, and it'll be all good.
0: Right. That energy, even if no one else knows, it helps carry you. There's other types of energies that carry you through you know, these spaces. And so, like, even to that point, like, I want to talk about just, we took a lot of, I'm not going to say we took a lot of time because it was not like we had, there was nothing laborious behind it, but, like, you and I made it our business to have a friendship beyond the show. Yeah. That I think made our report on screen that much more natural.
1: Absolutely. That chemistry is something that, can just be there, which I think for us, it, it was, but it's also something that you have to nurture. Like you have to get to know someone, you have to have someone okay. trust you. Like I, I definitely am of the thought that like your scene partner, someone who you're gonna be sharing the stage or the screen with or whatever, like if you don't trust each other, like right. that's, that's gonna be a problem, you know, like, <sighs> It's I mean, felt. I
0: just, you know, it's like Isaiah Washington dropped in my DMs again the other day.
1: What's and he talking about?
0: he's like, so I got it wrong about Trump. He wasn't it. But my wife follows you and she's a big fan. And she says that you're starting to see the bullshit with Biden and Harris or whatever. And I'm like, first of all, we ain't cool. <laughs> so,
1: so let's start burning. there.
0: And then second, like, I've always seen the bullshit because at the end of the day, these are always politicians. So, like, the bullshit is, like, seeping off of them. Um, but I brought him up because you don't get to choose your scene partners a lot of times. And I just, I, like, I just, I feel so lucky that the, per- first of all, I feel lucky that I was on a show that was successful that lasted, like, for five seasons because a lot of us are just trying to get, uh, like, a job. So when you get a job that like not only is consistent, but that like people watch and that people enjoy, like that's definitely like a great experience. And then, you know, that people have like opinions, you know, people like tell, please tell the story of you walking down the street.
1: Oh, right. So after season two, when it was, you know, announced or when in the show, it was like, we're pregnant and very quickly just the, the Twitter verse, the comment. No one believed that it was my child for some reason. And something, there was a version, it, it was partly because it was like, you guys were, like, I was with the dudes and I wasn't were. in a
0: scene that I should have been in. Exactly. And I think that was literally just like a oversight. Like, it wasn't like intentional.
1: Right. Because I sit, I say, like, oh, she's with the girls. And then it's like, they cut to the girls and like, you're not there. <laughs> So I can understand why this, you know, rumor started happening, but it got so crazy that I would be walking down the street and I would just hear, that ain't so big! <laughs> Multiple times. Like, in the barber shop, people told me that. Just walking down the street, like, from a random balcony, and I would, like, look up, trying to see where the voice came from, and I just didn't... I couldn't find them. <laughs> like, that was... That was happening. That
0: tickles me. That's your baby.
1: And for some reason, that was the phrase always. Like, it wasn't (laughs) like, it wasn't like, oh, so I'm not sure that, (laughs) you know, Tiffany is being faithful to you. It was that (laughs) ain't yo baby. Those four words are the ones that got screamed at me.
0: It's a baby. Uh, I, but I, I brought up Isaiah because I just imagined, I just was trying to imagine like, what if that had been my scene partner? Like, I don't know that I could have acted yeah. at that level. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I don't particularly like his politics or his demeanor. Right. And like, you know, he was on a show where he was let go, but he was like, really like him and Sandra Oh had to be like, in it, like, she's going through an ectopic pregnancy and then he has to, like, get in the bed and hold her, you know, these are, like, real sex scenes, I feel like, are not as intimate as, like,
1: Intimate scenes.
0: Intimate scenes. Like, at yeah. the end of season four, when I'm, like, crying at the end of the um,
1: when and I'm the, crying in the cell. hotel. Yeah. Of I
0: have to no. trust you to be able to do that.
1: Because no, your hair was so wet. And in my face, <laughs> I had to trust you and just put my face into all that <laughs> wet air. <laughs> no, you're so right. You're so right. I mean, sex scenes are like technical, right? It's choreography. It's like it's it's something that's way more like can be more disconnected than a really sort of close, vulnerable, exposing yourself to someone. Kind of scene because why do you think
0: we never had a sex scene?
1: I don't know. I'm (laughs) like, we're the only
0: married couple. They're like, married sex is not sexy. (laughs) I guess. Well, you
1: know, they, they, the show was never about us. us. The show was never about us and it was never about our love life or our sex life. I mean, I think that they wanted to have a strong kind of unmoving, supportive couple that, you know, like yes. in season four was dealing with some real stuff around having a baby and what that can do, even to the strongest of partnerships and marriages, you know, but I think, and, and, and props to them for being like, we're not, there's, there's no, there's no clinks in this armor, you know?
0: Did you say clinks?
1: I said clinks cuz I feel like that's a better word.
0: Do you feel like you being married in real life has helped you in the development of Derek and Tiffany? Sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I think life experiences inform, you know, character. Like it's it's always like the work, you know, when when you're when you're really like working when you're using the craft in terms of figuring out it's the shit that doesn't come instinctually to you. Mm-hmm. You know, because like if something comes instinctually, don't don't mess it up. You know what I'm saying? Like if there's if there's a character that you understand yeah. like holy then just run with it. Like you you don't have to be like, oh I gotta do all of this the shit. Technical. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's there, it's there. Like to me at least this is my opinion that like the technique is there for when the shit doesn't match up for when there's a line that you're like I don't quite know what this yeah. means to me you know I don't quite know what this character's motivation is in this moment and that's where the technique and the craft comes in but like mm. so so sure like being married completely helped me be prepared to be a married person on a show, and by the way, you know the show was always like six months in front of my actual. You know, when the show started, I wasn't bonkers. Married. Yeah, like I, I wasn't married when when the show started, so there was definitely things to sort of be like, all right. So I'm I'm not even engaged. Uh, this is just my girlfriend at the time, but I I know domestic life. I know what it's like to live with somebody. I think we had like just moved in together when the show started, right? And so there were things that I knew about living together where it's like, you know, when you first move in with someone, you're like, oh God, you do all those things, you know? And I, and I think like some of that got brought in for when we were auditioning, when it was like the fight that we were having at game night where it's like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this here like this right now. And that, that was just happening. That could happen in your regular life anyways. Um, So just like the, the, the sort of domestic, Issues, which was really more just for the audition, because in the on, on the show, you know, yeah. we only we only spoke to each other very <laughs> few
0: times. It's true.
1: We were always just kind of like a unit speaking out.
0: Yes. I was glad to see in season four, like us getting the chance to be on screen together again. I also just in general just love shooting. With Wade, you make shooting fun. When we're shooting together, it feels like we're hanging out and we happen to be shooting, which is, you know, always a treat. Like, because shooting, for those of y'all who don't know, is not necessarily fun all the time. Like, it's very tedious. And, you know, you're saying the same lines, like, a lot, depending on the type of show you're on and the way they shoot it. So you kind of want those, like, little breaks of... Between the breaks, you know, like when you do takes, it's nice to have like, like, let's get back to that other conversation that we were having, you know, before we come back to saying the same lines that we've been saying for the past five hours. Absolutely. And I remember at one point when we were shooting, (laughs) I remember when we were shooting the scene in season two, where we're at, uh, season two when we were, when we were at the, the play. I believe. uh, Was that season one? That was season one. No, that was season one because we were talking about Jared in the lobby. So season one, when we're at the play, we were shooting the scenes at the play. And so, you know, Derek and Tiffany are sitting like a couple rows up of Lawrence and and Kelly and the gang. And we were just chit-chatting. And I remember them being like, damn, y'all aren't really married, you know? And we're like, yo, quit hating.
1: Uh, Oh, I do remember that.
0: Quit hating.
1: I do remember that.
0: It was hating yeah. on our connection. Well, we, our I
1: mean, you know, on day one, remember we came in <laughs> and I was like, I know our last name because we didn't, we, ha- we we made that last name.
0: You're right.
1: Remember, I came into the trailer and I was like, I know what our last name is. And you were like, mm-hmm. what? And I'm like, Dubois. That and I think <gasps> they had to like go and clear it. I had heard it caused like a little bit of a stir at the time because we were just Derek and Tiffany, but we we brought Dubois. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say I brought Dubois. You brought you, it to
0: this, yeah. But
1: then you delineated Dubois out to everyone. Because I was like, I didn't want to be the person to actually be like, this is our last name. I need to do this.
0: <laughs> and I just ran with it.
1: You were the one who was just like, Dubois love.
0: Hashtag
1: Dubois forever. Dubois this. Dubois that. W-E-B Dubois. Derek and Tiffany Dubois. Insecure Dubois. <laughs> And then there was no way that they couldn't give us that last name.
0: Owned. Owned. I mean, you know, I think what's going to be exciting for people at the end of the show is like those little Easter eggs and those little like background stories coming out, you know, of all different characters and just kind of. Because I think there's also this expectation that people have that like every little element of these shows is thought out. And so much of it is. But then there's so much of things that just kind of like happen on the fly. Yeah, And it's like, folks just are like, oh yeah, that works. Let's do that. In season one, when um, when we show up at that party and it was an AKA party and me and Yvonne have to play AKAs and neither of us are sorors. But we also like, you, you cannot, cannot play, play like with, with nice. that. You cannot play with that. And we had to ski and there is a proper way to ski And, you know, as an actor, you want to always play your character, like, to the best of your abilities. But then as a Black actress, you also are very conscious of the fact that if I do this wrong for the Black people, they will crucify me. Well, I'll just say this. We had to change from the skiwi because... um, Oh, you guys
1: never ended up doing it.
0: We ended up not doing it because there's a pitch and a level that needs to be reached.
1: Did you even shoot it? Because I remember you guys doing it. There was a lot of rehearsing. Right.
0: And then we were just like, let's just say, hey, Sands. Like, Cross the Burning Sands is a part of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the lingo. Right. But, like, these things, you know, like, they're thought about. Sacred. Sacred. They're thought about. We were on a Black show. And... You know, I never liked all the light skin jokes on the black show um, because I just felt like it was I don't like light skin jokes. I don't think that they help in any shape or form to like dismantle colorism. Uh, I just think that they I think they just further carry on the divide. Um, But nonetheless, nonetheless, light skin jokes are a part of black culture in a real way. So they were there. And but they,
1: they weren't in the show just on set. You're saying,
0: no, they were absolutely in the show, really. Yes, what
1: <laughs> I don't really remember them being, I just remember it happening like on set.
0: You know what? Because they were mostly in scenes with the girls, so God. there's like a I know, like, particularly like when we were having Simone, like, there's a scene where like Kelly is like, oh, like it's gonna be for their light skin baby because it's light skin love. So I got them like a light skin thing, so like. Right. That right, 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 yeah, right, but there right.
1: were definitely. I remember that. I remember.
0: Yeah. But I feel like what I liked about Derek was that, you know, you were not a prissy <laughs> character, no. which I feel like is a lot of times what gets attributed to like light-skinned male behavior, right? <laughs> like being soft.:
1: No. that wasn't That wasn't.: Have you checked
0: story. out? Are we done? No Have you sorry. checked out?: No,
1: not at all. But so you also just, know that
0: Wade checks out. Wade will check back in, but Wade checks out. Like, this is a fact.
1: If I get slightly distracted, I can be taken. <laughs> but that hasn't happened here, I promise you. Y'all, no.
0: you were just I'll be having a full conversation. With my Wade. Hardness. <laughs> and he would be like, Yeah, I didn't hear anything you said for the past two three minutes.
1: But at least I say that. You know what I'm saying? At least I say everything that you just said to me, I didn't taken. So I'm going I'm to need you to s- tell me again, or you can just choose to not tell me. <laughs> I'm the one who loses because I won't know what you said. But I just want us both to know that so that we don't move forward with you thinking that I know what you just said. Touche. The scratch
0: You know, normally we have a segment called The Script where we ask our guests to give folks like supplementary materials to like help them understand the topic we're talking about. But I feel like all they can do is watch the show.
1: That's all they can do. I mean, like, I feel like this isn't a a supplementary thing to go check out. But I, I do think that if you are acting opposite someone who you are supposed to be romantic with, that you are supposed to have an intimate relationship with, get to know them, Mm -hmm. get to know them deeply, you know, depending on how long y'all are going to be playing this and, and what, what that role is, but like, hang out, you know, like know who the other person is and like gain their trust and hopefully they gain yours. I mean, to me that that's just like, as, you know, as two people who I think have successfully been each other's work husband wife you know and and i can't speak to it like in an office environment cubicle or whatever like it's a different thing when you are um consistently and right. truthfully like essentially being in love with someone even if it is under these imaginary circumstances like it's important that you have a real connection and that it's not just like you can, you're can. you just clocking in and being like, yeah, this is my wife, you know?
0: I mean, I think when we talk about like the acting part of it and the technical study part of it, and like you were saying, like, you know, the technique comes when you don't have the tools, like when you don't have it just already within you, you can help get it within you by, like you said, like making part of the work, just being around each other, you know? And I think some folks don't really... Regard that as like an essential element to like the building of rapport and the strengthening of rapport. But I found it to be like a really important part of just like moving in a workspace with ease and with trust. Because, like, I know when I was doing Bring the Funny, we spent just as much time off camera talking as we did on camera. And that wasn't even acting, that was just like me hosting and Chrissy and Keenan and Jeff Foxworthy like being judges but we had to have a rapport that had to cross a whole audience because I had to be like on stage and they were like across like rows of people at these chairs and we had to like make banter and joke and it was like well how are we gonna have that across like all these rows of people if we don't have that like in just right. like casual company you know and so it, it was it was really important for us to just like make that space for each other so I urge everyone out there like and I'm not even going to st- you know what, I'm not even going to stop it as just like if you're working with someone who you are romantically involved with on a show. Like, I think just in general, rapport building with your castmates is very helpful in the process of building the strength and the story around your characters and how they interact with each other. Because so much of this, particularly in the comedic space, is going to be improv-based. Like, right. even if we're saying the lines as they're written, like... Yeah. How you react, like, even just with facial expressions and how you, na- like, how you respond with your body is so much about, like, something natural that's in you, you know? Yeah. And when you are able to just kind of have that naturally there because you already have a natural interaction, like, I've definitely done stuff where I didn't have that. Where right. I had to be, like, thinking through that because I didn't have that, like, natural kind of interaction with my counterpart.
1: Yeah. What do you do when you don't have lines, but you're in a scene together, you know, (laughs) like you have to be able to look at someone and they know what it is. Like, what's that shorthand? You want to develop a shorthand with someone so that when you're in a scene with them, that can be felt.
0: And you don't want to feel fucking awkward. Right. Like when you're, let me tell you, when you have to do scenes with like day players with extras who you may not necessarily have worked with before, but you all got to stand there and pretend talk. It does feel different because like you don't know each other at all. Like the banter is imaginative. Like, and so you don't want to have that feeling with the people that you're actually working with on set. And I will tell you, just because you work with people every day doesn't mean that it's going to naturally become organic. It's when you take, I feel like it's when you take the work out of it.
1: Yeah. Take some time to say, who are you?
0: (laughs) Who are you? And (laughs) even with that, like, I mean, then Wade and I did my video for Niggas Got Me Fucked Up together.
1: Oh yes. That's right. And
0: that was a whole new space because we had never worked together in that capacity where you were the director. I'm like the creative and I'm the talent. And then we had to figure that out. Which, by the way, let what me just say this. this. We scouted. And then the house we had found, like, turned up to be condemned. And so, like, we couldn't use that house. So, last minute, we ended up having to shoot in a house that was, the owner had previously owned, was it a museum?
1: Yeah. It was, like, a museum in... or in Englewood or something, but she had just recently closed it. And she had all of this iconography, you know, this, these different images from African-American history that dated all the way back. And we're talking slave chains on the walls, Mammy dolls, like, you know, very upsetting imagery, but, but historical relevance and also, you know, and also images of empowerment, but like a lot of it and everywhere. And it was hard to kind of go through each artifact and know what was what and what meant what before filming in this house. I mean, we we did cover it all up for the most part. Yeah, y'all
0: did a great job. I mean, I came in because, of course, like I'm coming in, I'm getting my hair and makeup done. So I'm coming in before they're finished covering everything up. And I come into the kitchen...
1: Well, I'm walking you through the day. I'm like, this is, this is how the day's gonna play out. This is where you're gonna go, you know, rap this part of the song, where you're gonna sing this part of the song. I'm walking you through and we get to the kitchen and the kitchen is the part that's like full of like Aunt Jemima's and Uncle Ben's and just all kinds of stuff everywhere and i i watched the, like i watched you and the wind just fell out of me as i was like so yeah you're going to move to the kitchen here it's going to be amazing you're going i just see you looking everywhere spotting all of the things and and i was just like yeah so you're, you're going to do all that stuff and then you're okay is everything good and then what happens
0: i start crying cuz i'm like we're doing a song called Niggas Got Me Fucked Up in the midst of all of this fucked upness. And it feels disrespectful. It feels disengaged. It just feels wrong. And I just was weeping. <laughs> And you were like, and
1: this is in front of the whole crew and everyone. And you were like, don't you know that I'm light-skinned?
0: As you were weeping. Like, I can't do this like this. And they were like, we're covering it all up. That's not going to be like the background. And I, cause it felt like, so I'm just going to have this backdrop of, of Aunt Jemima's while I'm singing lightning like, niggas got me fucked up Ooh, niggas got me fucked up what
1: no you weren't you weren't gonna have that you weren't going to have that that was going to get covered up but yeah that was a moment we had to but navigate. you walked me
0: through it you got me you like you know you walked me through it and then later Wade had his own moment and I had to walk him through it
1: what was that moment, just uh, just of, like, this shit's crazy? This is overwhelming? You just gave up. <laughs> there was a, gave a, up. There was a small moment.
0: It was a small moment of finality, but I watched it grow with frustrations. Because you guys, when you're filming something, particularly in one day, you just have, like, no room for error, right? And then you're also working with a crew that you may not have an experience with. And so... Like there's no, there's not, there's no shorthand. Right. So I feel like there was some frustration with like, you know, you wanting something as a director, but they're not being like a shorthand to be able to get it. And then like feeling like we had to move on because we're, fighting light and we're fighting time and we're fighting, you know, people being wrapped, you know, because they were only supposed to be here for this. And you just, at a certain point, we're just like, I just, I mean, it's just, you know what? It's just not, this is not, this isn't. So I just feel like we should, I mean, I can't, I was like, okay, what do I need you to do?
1: It's going go take a second.
0: (laughs) I want you to step aside and take a breath because we're working with what we're working with. And the work in this situation is how to quickly reassess and recalibrate to still get the best of what we can get. Right, and that's oftentimes this production. Production is being like ten steps ahead, and then realizing that, oh, I needed to be twenty se- Okay, I gotta be twenty cents, and we got a dope video out of it.
1: We got a dope video, absolutely. No, and and now you're directing remish. Now I'm directing Grownish, and yeah, that's right. So
0: there you have it. But I cut you off. What'd you say? You were saying that type of shit. I think that
1: that I mean, there's always gonna be that moment, like, and it doesn't have to be, you know, as great. I mean, I don't totally remember giving up. Of course you don't. But I you literally do sat down on a bench. Right.
0: You sat, down, I probably on sat down
1: on the bench when you were like, go take a breath. And I was like, you know what? No, you had a sat
0: down on the bench. And I was like, okay, so what I need you to do is because you just sat down. Like, there was no reason for you to sit. <laughs> like, you, were just, you just gave yourself a seat. I probably hadn't sat all day. You gave yourself a seat and you were just like,
1: I was doing I what I had was,
0: to do bottom line, but what I'm I had seen, but I just I saw you getting frustrated with yourself. and what I was wanting to do was alleviate from you a feeling of you taking it on as like your error or as right. like something that you were failing at because that wasn't what was happening, you know? Right. but but naturally, like, as a leader in a scenario, that yeah. that's kind of how that goes.
1: well, and also, I think, you know, and and this comes with experience that it's like, you have a vision in your mind of how you want to do something and 99% of the time, it's always, it's going to be different, you know? And I think the idea is like getting close to what that initial, as close as you possibly can to what that initial vision was. And as it starts to evolve in the moment to not let that be something that scares you, to not let that be something that, yeah, that makes you sort of pull back and feel defeated. It's, it's something that you're like, all right, so this is this is how this is evolving. This is this new thing that it's becoming and you have to embrace it in the moment or else you'll have to sit on a bench.
0: <laughs> but I say all of that to say that, you know, throughout this journey, my love letter to you is that we have always like had each other's backs and held each other down in these spaces. and. I just I said this on my Instagram and I'm gonna say it on my podcast. Like I just got the luck of the draw with my first TD husband. (laughs) Luck of the draw.
1: I very much feel
0: exactly
1: the same way, as you know. It's it's been it's been an incredible journey, and we'll we'll have that, we'll have this forever, which is a crazy thing, you know. Like it it is something that is it's it will outlive us, you know?
0: Mm. It's surreal, and as somebody who. Is a very big pop culture fanatic, and like Dwayne and Whitley are very real for me. You know, Martin and Gina are very real for me. Um, when I see people leave comments like "I just loved you and you and Derek, Tiffany and Derek were were such a beautiful couple to me and their journey," and be, I, I'm just always very touched by that because when you're in it, you can't really see that, right?
1: Because no, we're just.
0: Absolutely. You know, we're just in it. We're 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 doing the thing, and and I think both of us don't take ourselves that seriously.
1: No, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> so, not. But but like you know, but the people who do take us and our relationship seriously, correct. like I I respect and I mm-hmm. am honored to to be that for them. You yeah. know.
0: The last dose. Well. I wanted to do this episode because we just wrapped and it was like, I want to show some Dubois love for the people. And I'm really excited for you all to see this last season because I know you're excited for it. And, uh, you know, it it took a long ass time to shoot uh, thanks to the panorama, the panini, the... <laughs> Panasonic. And there's just a lot of Dubois love in there.
1: I feel very fortunate and honored to finally be on Small Doses on, on this podcast. It took five seasons, you know, to get an invite on here. So I appreciate it. Shame! But it is, uh, you know, I love you so much, Amanda, and thank you for having me on and, and, and ditto to, so whoever watches this last season, you know, we, we hope we make y'all proud.
0: Agreed. Love ya. Starbends Audio, podca- <clears throat> a podcast. network. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.